Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chapel, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what is up, everybody? Today is Wednesday, and that means it's time for a BYN mashup episode. What's up, guys? My name is Eric. I'm Travis's producer, and I'm so excited to introduce you to this mashup episode. On today's episode, we're talking about dominating the fitness space with three incredible guests who couldn't be more qualified to talk about this. First up, we have Vince Del Monte. He is an Italian-Canadian fitness entrepreneur known as the only fitness guru to be coined as the skinny guy savior. He earned this name by dedicating his life to transforming the lives of the skinny, scrawny, wimpy guys and skinny girls, helping them become healthier, fitter, and more confident in their bodies. He's also the author of No Nonsense Muscle Building, which has sold more than 80,000 copies in more than 120 different countries. He also runs a hugely successful six and seven figure masterminds. You'll definitely want to hear what he has to say here. Next up is Sean T. He's best known for his home fitness programs for both adults and children, which include T25, Insanity, and Hip Hop Abs. And last up, of course, is Sam Bakhtiar. He is a doctor, CEO, author, world-class bodybuilder, and multi-millionaire entrepreneur. He runs a fitness franchising business, the Camp Transformation Center, with 110 locations and two different supplement and nutrition companies. 
whether you're a bodybuilder, whether you're a fitness guru or not, this episode is going to be a huge help to you. There's great takeaways for both personal life, business, you name it. There's something for everybody on this episode. So be sure to listen to every single second. Remember, if you like the episode, take a screenshot, tag Travis Chapel. It's just at Travis Chapel in your stories and let him know you enjoy the episode. All right, guys, without further ado, let's talk dominating the fitness space with Vince Del Monte, Shanti Fitness, and Sam Bakhtiar. At the start of high school, my dad introduced me to the whole world of long distance running. My father went on full scholarship to the States. Wow. He was a middle distance runner and me and my brothers fell, followed in his footsteps and I became a great runner and we were very good at solo sports. I represented my country in triathlon in high school, went to the world championships and I was a really good runner. That's what I found my identity and it's how I got through university because I also had this nickname, which was Skinny Vinny. And uh, Skinny Vinny was it's pretty self-explanatory, <laughs> 135 pounds dripping wet. And, uh, and how tall? I, I was six feet. Oh, wow. Six feet, 135 pounds. Yeah. And wow. I'm in this world of running and it, 135 is ideal. If you're 136, you're fat. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, you know, um, the coach says, uh, oh, you had a good summer, eh? I thrived with my running and I found my identity in running. And it's what allowed me to manage all the challenges that come with being a skinny guy in college. I went to university in Canada. We call it university. Um, And that was my story, man. And I lived with all these super buff dudes, all these ripped muscular guys who would be the guys with the biggest profiles uh, today on Instagram. (laughs) And these were my roommates. So living with these guys, I never was around muscle or weights. We we lived out on the roads and the trails. Right. in the pool, on the bike. So this is a new world for me. And I always had this fascination with what could happen if I lift weights, if I put all this time and energy I was putting into my running into the gym. And I got a chance to explore that curiosity after university, after university when I graduated with an exercise science degree. I needed to figure out how to make money now, start a life, and my eligibility with running ran out. And I entered the world of personal training. And that, those were my early beginnings. And there's a lot of tangents there. Uh, yeah, one that I think your interest, your audience would find interesting. But after four months of working at a Guelph YM, at the YMCA in Guelph, Ontario, at a whopping 10 bucks an hour, I, I, I asked for a raise. I asked my boss, you know, how long uh, until we get a bump here? Yeah. And she um, got back to me the next day after talking to the CEO and she had interesting news. She said, we could give you a $1 raise one year from today. <laughs> and, and that's when I quickly discovered the definition of job just yeah. over broke. Right. And, yeah. and that, that, that yeah, was hard, hard to get exciting about, uh, hard to get excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, here's, this is the YMCA my dad went to. So here's my dad going, he's a, you know, really fit guy. He's on the elliptical every day. He's in the change room with all the old guys going in the hot tub, like old guys are. And, 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 there, and then there's his son who just graduated from university $50,000 later working for $10 an hour, helping people use the back extension machine. Yeah. So my dad is, he's, he's, if there's anybody that I would listen to, it would be him. He's the guy I respect more than anybody else in the world. And he said to me, are you going to be a personal trainer when you're 35? Because there was no one in my family. There was this, there, like 
is this for real? Is this, right, right. <laughs> is there a future here? Like, are you was, wasting time? Yeah. Yeah. And he wanted me to go back to school to apply for a teacher's college, be a high school phys ed teacher. And, and, and that was also the time I realized that it wasn't his fault that he was skeptical. He was doubtful. He had every right to be as any father, uh, parent should be because I was venturing into an uncharted uh, world. That's when I realized I had to make my parents believe and not for them to believe in me. I had to make them believe. For, for you to be as dedicated as you were back in high school to run as much as you did and go to the world championships and do all these crazy feats that most people will literally never do in their entire life, do you think that had a huge impact on allowing you to discipline yourself to move into other ventures in the future? A hundred percent. I truly believe that I gained all my, I feel it's almost an unfair advantage because running and bodybuilding, there's a lot of tangents here, but there's, it's not a subjective sport. You know what I mean? You, you either won or you placed 12th or last, or there, you either did it or you did it. Yeah, so yeah. running forces you to put all, it's either run fast or you don't. And there's no like opinions. There's no entitlement. There's no, I deserve to finish further ahead. Right. I should have been on, I should have been top three. So you really get in tune with reality quickly. Mm, and I was yeah. a mid packer. I wasn't even one of the top guys. And that sport is very uncomfortable. And I would say every lesson that I could teach in business, I could draw a parallel from running. And I'll give you a couple of themes going the distance. I beat a lot of guys in my running career simply because I didn't quit. Right. You know, yeah. I, I, I was didn't the quit. same way, man. I, just, I, was, I stayed yeah. on the team. Yeah. I kept going to practice. I kept running. I kept putting in the miles. Somehow I ended up the captain of my fourth year at Western University. I have no idea. There's more talented guys. Somehow I made my way to the top. Right. And same in business. There's so many guys I've beat, not because I beat them, but because they tapped out early. Yep. They gave up. They're just like, oh, this is too tough. I'm going to weight loss niche. Their, yeah, their will to win was for sale. Like, yeah, that, yeah. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like, like, like hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is, is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine 
is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. That's It's totally... So that's... I, I like bringing up the sports topic a lot just because I'm a sports guy. I played a ton of basketball growing up and I, I was not the most gifted athlete, that's for sure. And but I always worked. I just worked really hard. i I just ran harder and I would run until I felt like I was about to pass out or throw up or whatever. Like I, I, I just, I worked really hard. And I think what that allows you to do is when I would move on into, into life, into real life, into, into whatever career path or a challenge that's in front of me that a lot of people might just shy away from, what it allowed me to do is draw from the experience that I had already had in the past of, hey, I also struggled with this part of my game and I worked past that. So this is probably nothing different. There's just something that I don't know. I haven't put in enough time to get good at it. There's something that's preventing me from doing it, but I figured it out before I can figure it out now. Yeah, you got it, man. So moving forward into life, when was the first time where you like got it, where it just clicked? The entrepreneurial thing was definitely the way that you wanted to go. And you were like done with university. I'm done working hourly. I'm done trying to get raises for a dollar an hour more. Like I'm done with all this. Like when was that first realization that, oh, wow, this, there's something here. Yeah, yeah. It didn't exactly happen all like that. So I'll, I'll just walk you through. I, I got really good at what I did as a personal trainer and uh, what I was um, better at than just personal training was selling. And I had a boss who proposed a vision that I could build the personal training department and that I could leverage my time by working on commission by being the gym's full-time fitness consultant. And the gotcha. consultant's job was the job to sell you personal training when you just came in for a gym membership. And we had a culture of personal training. So I got really good at these 60 to 90 minute consultations. And I started selling everything from $500 to $5,000 personal training packages. And I would build the gym from two personal trainers to 15 personal trainers. So I was the rainmaker. I, I was writing people's paychecks. All they had to do was show up and train people. And I was the guy, people would drop off coffees and just keep me in the room all day. They're like, hey, Vinny, here's another Tim Hortons. Uh, close some more people for us. <laughs> and I loved it. I fell yeah. in love with this world of writing my own paycheck. And I had this incredible boss. I was really blessed. You'll hear a common theme in my story. I don't have a story around like negative people. I had the best parents in the world. I had the best bosses in the world. Now I had a couple situations, podcasts for other days, but I was blessed with so many good people who invested into me and uh, this boss was one of the Murray Middlemost, and he gave me um, books, and he followed up with me, and he held me accountable, and he helped me overcome issues that, was, that were tripping up uh, deals. And I remember asking him at one point, I said, why could you invest so much into me knowing that I wouldn't be here forever? And he said, it's more costly to have an ineffective employee than an effective employee. And I'm like, that was my first exposure to an abundance mindset. 
Yeah. Like, I knew you weren't going to be here forever. And I'm like, wow. So, you know, it's funny real, real quick before you go on that. I literally just had this conversation with somebody the other day. I forget who it is. Cause I've been looking to possibly bring in like a hire an assistant recently, a marketing assistant. Mm-hmm. And, and I was having this conversation with somebody and there. It's hard because the trick is finding somebody that's like, good enough to do the job really well, but not like too good to where they're going to leave eventually. And then, so uh, and then I was just like, that's the whole thing that I've been learning recently is that good people are always going to leave. You're not going to be able to harness them and hold them prisoner forever. And if you think that you can do that, you're going to eventually destroy a relationship because that has personally happened to me where people that I've worked with or for that I looked at as mentors tried to hold me back from the potential that I had because they, they were too afraid of losing the control over me and me as an asset making them money. So all it did was give me like this feeling of being in a prison and I just wanted to escape that immediately. And I probably left way sooner than I would have and made them way less money than I would have if they would have just said, Hey, here's the world of opportunity. I'll help you as long as I can. And even when you're gone, I'll help you do well when you're gone. And, and then that way, like when you bring up people like that, it'll always come back to you tenfold. And so it's funny that you bring that up because I 100% agree with that. And it's cool that you had a boss to recognize that so early on. Yeah, yeah. If you were asking uh, Grant Cardone about this, he would say people don't cost you money. People not producing profits cost you money. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. So, you know, what happened, he introduced me, my boss, to this world of internet marketing. And it was just from more, uh, hey, have you seen what these guys are doing? And it was uh, different guys like and, Ryan Lee. And real quick, what, what year was this? When was this? Okay, so I was a trainer right out of university, 22 years of age, working as a trainer, consultant from the age of 22 to 25. So three years in, he introduces me to the world of internet marketing. And he's showing me all these pages of guys selling information products. Hmm. And these are all new terms for me. And these people were basically selling air. Hey, 77 bucks, 97 bucks, get this instantly downloadable course on how to build muscle without drugs in less time without supplements. And I'm like, that's my freaking story. I did that two years. I did, sorry, I did that three years ago. So I failed to mention after university, I transformed my body. Hmm. I transformed my own body under the mentorship of a, men, of a man from my church. There's another guy I was blessed to meet. And I learned how to build my, uh, my body drug free without supplements in less time. Same, I didn't know that those were marketing hooks back then. It was just a personal, <laughs> it was a personal transformation. So here I am years later on the internet looking at these long form sales pages, 96 pages long, looking at these guys who've got similar before and after photos as me, similar story, similar message. And I'm like, but they don't have the skinny Vinny story. And I was curious. I'm like, the only unique thing between all these products were a story. And I'm thinking to myself, they weren't former distance runners and they don't have the roommate story and they don't have the Paula McKinnon story when uh, she challenged me to an arm wrestle uh, or to arm wrestle the strongest guy in high school. And I almost lost my arm and, uh, <laughs> and she told me it'd be so much harder if you just had bigger arms. And I had, I'm like thinking of all these collection of stories that would make my message unique. And I started going down the rabbit hole. Long story short, I discovered a world or a website that had DVDs that would um, teach you how to start your own online business. 
And my whole ambition back then, at the age of 25, I'll tell you, uh, Travis, it was to make a whopping extra $3,000 a month. That was my big, hairy, audacious goal. If I could cover up my expenses, I'm like, if I could just live expense-free, then everything I make at the gym would be profit. This, is, this would be amazing. Yeah. That was my ambition. And after I got these DVDs in the mail, you asked me a question earlier, when did you see all this unfold? It was sitting on my couch for three days straight watching all those DVDs. And it was an event that was turned into a, a course. It was like the event turned into DVDs. I'm like, I just bought DVDs from an event. This is fascinating. So I didn't understand the concept of repurposing content, but I'm like, huh. And that's when I saw my future. I said, this is what I want to do. I want to learn how to market my products on the internet. I want to learn internet marketing. I love those two words. Internet marketing became my future. And you know, to condense the story and to catch up to today, I launched my first ebook in 2006. So I, I invested into a coach because they followed up with me. And as they knew, people were overwhelmed with the amount of info they sent in the mail. And I was a perfect candidate for their six-month coaching program, which was $7,500. I got one one-hour call a month. That's it. No Facebook group, no group coaching, no mastermind events, no affiliate introductions. It was one one-hour phone call a month. To be honest, looking back, it's probably one of the best ways a coaching program could be structured because he didn't tell me what I would do the next month. He just told me what we're doing this month. I didn't know what step two, three, four, five, or six was. And he kept me focused. Next thing I know, I've got a sales page. I've got an ebook. And it was a 216-page ebook, literally a, probably a 50-page sales letter I wrote by just pretty much copying other people's pages because I didn't know really what I was doing. I was just like mishmashing this guy's headline with this guy's intro and then this guy's offer and then this guy's guarantee. Next thing you know, I had a sales page. Yeah. I eventually rewrote it with a professional copywriter so I had my own voice and story. But that was like... Looking back, that's how I got started. Yeah. And this is like vintage internet marketing too, which is one thing I really like about your story is that you came into a budding industry. Like this was something that was like on like in, in its infancy. There was no click funnels. There were no like lead pages or any of that kind of stuff. None of that existed. It was all just go build this page. You were funnel hacking before funnels were even talked about, which is something that I think is really cool. So well, we, yeah, that word never existed back then. I don't know if you knew what a funnel right, was. Right, there was exactly. no upsells. There was no upsells. There was, there was no automation. Fun- we had email, but it wasn't like today. It wasn't like a big fancy machine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What happened was I went, I ended up getting a job in a musical. I actually got booked in the show West Side Story, <laughs> but it was a, my, the first musical I actually booked a job in and I was a lead. And, but then I actually got booked in off-Broadway show called The Ten Commandments and it was starring Val Kilmer. So I got those pretty much right at the same time. So I ended up taking The Ten Commandments uh, job because it was just it was with Travis Payne it was with he was the choreographer for Michael Jackson and so I was like what's going to look better on a resume Uh, uh, doing a musical in Thousand Oaks Theater or doing a musical in in Hollywood at the Kodak Theater where they filmed the Oscars so you're just you have to choose the right thing and that was a great experience I met a lot of people but after that I did a couple other musicals and then I actually was going to do the musical, I think it was Hello, Dolly. And 
I was supposed to travel to another state. And right after I got booked in that musical, I sprained my ankle. And yeah, I sprained my ankle. It was just really, I was really bummed because one of the things that I always wanted to do was travel a lot. So when I sprained my ankle and I couldn't be in this show, I was a little bummed. I'm really of the mindset, and I was of the mindset even then that if something isn't supposed to happen, it's just not supposed to happen. And literally a couple weeks after that, I was sitting in my apartment trying to get over this sprained ankle. It was getting better, which I was happy about. But I got a call from my agent saying that Mariah Carey wanted me to dance for her. And she picked me off of just my headshot. And that was, it was just this eye-opening thing of, wow, that's why I sprained my ankle. And not to say it's good that you sprain your ankle, but I was like, my ankle was sprained so that I stayed in this place. And then a couple of weeks later, I started, you know, rehearsing and I shot commercials with Mariah. I did some uh, shows with Mariah. And then two months, two and a half months after that is when I landed my first gig with Beachbody. I was at Equinox and a couple of the producers came up to me and they were like, hey, your class is really great. What do you think about developing a a fitness program with our company. And I was like, okay. For me, I had been on so many auditions that I was like, okay, this is just another, some fitness thing. I'm just going to do whatever. And I literally walked into the office one day, went into a room. We just, I just showed them what I could do and what I could develop. And I walked out of that building with a contract. It was the wildest thing. But here's the thing. I immediately took that contract to my agent and I said, Hey, this is a great experience. Can you guys look over this? And the thing that they told me, they called me a couple of days later after they reviewed the contract and they said, infomercials don't work. And yes, they were like, just sign it. It'll be a good little thing, like a couple months, whatever. And I was like, wow. Like, I, I guess my feelings were a little hurt by it because I said, hey, I've actually worked a lot for you guys. It's not like I'm a dancer that's not out there putting myself out there, going to auditions and not booking jobs. I am. And so when I walked out of the office that day, I said, what if I help change one person's life from this experience, then that is the reason I was supposed to do it. And uh, a year later, Hip Hop Abs released and it became the number one infomercial eight years in a row. And it completely changed my life it, it changed my life and my confidence. Just it enhanced my passion for fitness and the program was based around dancing. So obviously that was great. And then in addition to that, I just became more financially stable, successful. I actually finally felt what it was like to not live paycheck to paycheck. I was able to buy, I bought my first truck. It was like all of these things were happening that was boosting my confidence, but more than just the financial confidence, it really gave me the confidence to say, this is something that I can sustain because I'm very passionate about doing it. And it's followed up by amazing finances. And and that was, it was great. And then I ended up developing another program called uh, Rock and Body. And that infomercial didn't do that well, but literally a year after that is when I developed Insanity. And that was the groundbreaking program that took me out of the dance fitness world and put me on a map in home fitness. And the reason why it was so great is because originally 
the 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 pitch was going to be anybody can do this yes you're going to work hard but you, you can, anybody can do this and i flipped that script on its head i said this program is not for a person who's lazy not for a person that finds excuses it's only for the person who's ready to really push their body and that's how i lived my life that's how i got to where i got to that moment and so i was just really passionate about putting out this new program and then from there that's all she wrote I, it was just an amazing experience <laughs> so, and so 26, 27, you start the business. How long until that seven-figure mark? Oh, man. It wasn't until I was like, I'm talking about in the bank. You know I mean? I made seven figures selling growth like sales. But in the bank, it was about 10 years. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you know and I remember, I just, I keep seeing Floyd Mayweather, a million dollars in the bag. I, I want to see what it looks like. You know, yeah. I actually have a picture. I should probably put it up. You know, and, and, you know yeah. I'll send it to you. Yeah, you we'll know, throw you it, put up it up on and, you know, just to see what, what, what million dollars. And it's not even that big. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's a duffel bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, then I was like, okay. So a million dollars allow me to have an average home that's mm-hmm. paid off, an average car. And I still have to work after that, yeah. especially here in California. So then I realized, man, that being a millionaire was cool many years ago. But right now it's just the middle class. Mm-hmm. And, and once you make your first million, mm-hmm. It's easier now to make the second yeah. and the third. And That's the third. what I was going to ask. So 10 years to make the first million, to have a million dollars in the bank. Mm-hmm. How many years after that to make it two million? Six months. Right. Not, even, not, not even years. Yeah. Just compressed the timeline. Yes. Yeah. You, you just compress. Of, you just compress. Because of knowledge, because of momentum, mm, because of the association, infrastructure. Systems. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So from that point... Where in that was the bankruptcy story and the it, bankruptcy was before that. Okay, you know, the bankruptcy was when I started my business in in year two thousand. Okay, all I knew is how to get people in shape because I studied chiropractic. Right. I went to Penn State, got my pre med and nutrition degree, started chiropractic, and I was a, I was a world class bodybuilder. Okay, so I, I started my business on just getting people in shape. Hmm. I had no idea about sales. I had no idea about marketing. Mm. I had no idea about systems and processes and things like that. Yeah. I just was doing what I was doing. I was making some money. So I was making some money. And about 2005, I'm like, you know what? It's time for me to take this seriously. Because 2005 was my last bodybuilding show. Okay. You know what I mean? I, I, I retired. I got to run around Mr. USA's. Yeah. And, you know, I won Mr. Los Angeles. I, I retired. And I said, okay, it's time for me to take this business seriously. Because okay. eventually I want to get married and have kids. And then I started getting mentors and coaches and things mm. like that. And I started blowing up my business exponentially. Mm. So like in 2007, I was doing $2.4 million gross sales from like a 3,500 square foot facility. And then all of a sudden 2008 came. Mm. It just slapped me. Nobody, nobody ever taught me about the ups and downs of the economy. Nobody ever taught me about their cycles and there's, right. there's winters and there's summers and things like that. And, and I ignored the signs. Right. I'm like, no, man, especially you're that age. You buy a house for 300, three, four years later, it was worth 600. You're all of a sudden the greatest investor in the world. <laughs> yeah. So you right. think. It's you like know, all so, the Bitcoin millionaires. Yeah. yeah. And I, you couldn't tell me nothing at the time. I could. Oh, no, I got it. I got it. I right. got it. Next year, the, the bulletproof. Business, yeah. Exactly. Next year, the business started bleeding. Hmm. I started putting some savings into it. Next year, you know, business started bleeding. Start saving savings in it. And I'm like, oh, shit. This is, this is for real. Yeah. Next year, you know, everything starts coming down to I have no more savings. I put hmm. everything back in the business, and the business was bleeding so bad. I remember, you know, calling my ex-wife. She was pregnant with my first child. Calling to a restaurant. She was six months pregnant. And I'm crying. I said, we, have, we were minus $314 in the bank account. Hmm. 
And in two weeks, payroll is due. It's about $20,000. I have none. Hmm. I don't know what to do, but I said, you know what, just stay home. I, I'll get it figured out. And that's where the foreclosures came and the bankruptcies and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So was this a separate business from the camp or was this like, that was, did, that, did you call it that? No, that, then, that, yeah. So my first business was called Fitness Concepts, Fitness Concepts. which still owns half the camp. Yeah, I was going to say you know what yeah. I mean? So that was, that was a mother, that was a mothership. Okay. But Fitness Concepts originally was a personal training, one-on-one personal training. Then yeah. later on, when people couldn't afford one-on-one personal training, then we introduced group training. Gotcha. And I was very leery for that because I was old school. Yeah, you got to have one trainer, one client, and be able to give them the attention for shorter form. And we started group training. I was very leery. I'm like, ah, people are not going to get the results. People are not going to stay. And to my surprise, people got better results. Hmm. They stayed longer. They were much happier. It's all about that group accountability. Absolutely. Huh? They're working yeah. out with their friends, the group accountability. And one-on-one training, man, is, we call it a therapy session now. Because, <laughs> you know, you yeah. get to know your trainer after a while, and you come in and work out. Oh, so how's your husband? How's your wife? What are you doing this weekend? Next year, too much of this and not enough of this. And that had to go. So I'm glad that we changed. How long in between, like, foreclosures, bankruptcy, and all that stuff before you were like, I'm going to give this another go and I'm going to do it different this time. When all of that stuff happened in 2009, in 2010, I was approached by one of um, my acquaintances, Alejandro Font, which is my business partner now. And she said, Sam, can I come work for you? And I'm like, work for me? I'm like, they were so successful because they were my clients. I see them all the time with their Benzes and Navigators and all that kind of stuff. And she goes, yeah, our business are not doing good. We're going to shut it down, but can I come work for you? And she was very, very in shape. She had a certification. So she came work for me for, for a couple of months. Then she pitched me the boot camp idea. And at first, I'm like, no, nah, man, it's not going to work. I'm like, there's a bunch of aerobics class, people jumping up and down. People are like, that's not going to work. Yeah. And she goes, okay, let's give it a try. So usually when I want to get rid of somebody, I just give them a bunch of lists to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, Here's 20 things I need you to do. If you can get those things done, yeah. we can talk about it. But, Never hear from them again. But not Ali. She came in the next day. She got it done. Huh. And then I said, like, you know what? I need you to do more stuff. I gave her some more stuff. And she came and done that. I literally, at that time, Travis, I had $11,000 in my bank account. Yeah. That's all I had, completely total. And I said, look, I don't have a lot of money. She goes, I don't have none. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have none? Are we going to go 50-50 or what? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> she's, like, she's like, no, you put in the money, I, do, I, I, I work it. Yeah. I said, okay. I said, so what we did was, she said, I don't want $11,000, I want $9,000. So I put them $9,000. She started teaching everything. She did everything. And they see the campus is what it is today. Hmm. 125 locations, international franchise. And we're just, we're just changing lives there. You went through it. I went through it. Yeah, I'm definitely a personal testimony. I'm curious to know about the mentality here, Sam, because this is something that's fascinating to me with people like you who just keep like going at it, keep okay. going at it. People, I feel, need too much permission to attack things in that sense, if that makes sense. So when you opened your first business, like they need permission to blow it up to a multi-million dollar business as if like they personally don't feel like they're capable of running a million dollar business and they limit themselves in their own minds to prevent themselves from being able to run a business of that stature. So then after you do that and then it crumbles right in front of your eyes and you're back to like negative in your bank account, then like personal training, try to build it up to 10 grand again. What gives you the confidence and the fortitude and the identity really to step into that next version of yourself and say, you know what, we're going to tackle this now. Even though that didn't work, this is going to work. I was always the guy who wants to try things out. 
Mm. I'm always the guy who's like, all right, hey, how much this cost? 300 bucks for us to test it out, 500 bucks, $10,000, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. Then you look at it as what's the best thing that can happen mm. and what's the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. And if you live with the worst thing that can happen, then you should go for it. So for me, that's why there's a sign right there that says no risk, no Rari. Mm. Yeah. Right? If you don't take any risk, you don't take a gamble. I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about being stupid, just going out there and just do dumb stuff and dumb gambling and, and throw money away. But if you take calculated risks, mm. here's all you got to do. All you have to do is swing at the ball, swing at the ball. I don't know nothing about baseball. Here's what I do know. You get three swings and you're out, mm. right? Mm. Three strikes and you're out. In life, there's no three strikes. You have unlimited swings. Mm. So all you have to do is just hit one out the park. Right. But if you don't try, you don't hit. You know, I don't understand with the question you asked me, what's the alternative? What's the alternate? Mm-hmm. The alternate would be... Living a mediocre life. Just don't do nothing. Yeah. And just retreat. And just feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. And just say, oh, I, I tried something that didn't work. So I stopped trying. And I'm just going to just, you know, retreat and be a DNB. Yeah. You know what that means? Did not. D- do nothing, bitch. Oh, okay. You know, that's what I would call DNB. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, you just sit on a couch, could have, would have, should have. Mm. I can't do that. Yeah. I can't do that. As long as I have, I'm, I'm breathing. As long as I have a breath left, I'm gonna try. Yeah. You know, sure, sure I have days that I have doubts. Yeah, sure I have days that I get beat up. You know what I do? Hit the gym. I definitely hit the gym. <laughs> I hit the gym. I, gym has been my, people yeah. say, do you meditate? Do you go to one of those think tanks and do, 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 zen and zen? I can't do that. Yeah. For me, it's some Tupac and some Biggie, some Iron, and I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? What I got to say, man, is like the worst thing can happen, man. I, I, get, a little, I get a little down, have, a, have some pizza. I go to bed early. Yeah. I, I take an L for the day. And here's for people who are listening and going through things. It's okay to lose a battle or two. Mm. Just don't lose the war. I love that so much. I, I love that you said eat, eat some pizza, go to bed early, because I think people try to fix that too often. They try to fix, man, I'm feeling down today. I like, I need to do something to fix it. It's like sometimes Take the you L, just have a bad day. Yeah, you just have a day. Hey, Tomorrow's the day. Get in, the, get yeah. in your pajamas. Yeah. Get a pizza. <laughs> watch a Netflix and just call it a day. Right. It's okay, bro. It's okay. <laughs> because yeah. tomorrow you're going to be rejuvenated. You're going to be repurposed. You'll be able to do that, man. Too many people are worried about these little battles. Mm-hmm. Right. They're, they're forgetting about the, the big war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you touched on so many things there, and I want to pick this apart because I think it's super important. One of the big things that I think cover some of this is people's value systems. I think a lot of people value maybe the wrong things in life. So when they get to the point where I just lost my business, I got 10 grand in the bank. They're so operating from the scarcity mindset that they don't want to take another big risk because they got like bit last time. But I think it just comes from a a point of view where they've, they're valuing what culture sets aside for them instead of valuing what they truly want to get out of life. And so they bend to culture's will and say, but this time I'm not going to take the risk. This time I'll, I'm going to keep my 10 grand and like pile it safely in this corner and just keep adding money to it so that I don't lose it again because that sucked. And I did right? that. I did that too, man. There was a time where I got a recession messed me up so much Yeah. because my whole thing is about providing for my family. Mm. That's my why. Because mm. I didn't have a dad. I, I, I didn't have a dad to provide for me. I never wanted to be the dad that didn't provide. Yeah. So when that 2008 came, it just devastated me because I didn't want to be that deadbeat dad that didn't have shit and couldn't be able to do anything for the kids. That's my strong why. 
And so for me, it's always been what I have to do that. And after the 2008, 2009 crash, there was, I sold all my cars hmm. and I drove the company Scion XB. It's so funny because today I was renewing all the toll road stuff. And they're like, yo, you know, Scion XB, I'm like, I don't have that no more. Let me give me, you know, here's a Ferrari, here's a Lamborghini, here's this, yeah. you know. And, and for a period of like three years, I drove the Scion company car, Scion XB, that was wrapped. It was like one of those Xboxes, right? Mm, yeah. And I told myself, I'm going to become that guy that's just going to be, not spend money on anything, not do anything, and all that. And then I'm just going to be, I remember my business partner, Ali, comes up to me and says, hey, why are you using the company card for groceries? I'm like, I'm not using a company car for groceries. She was like, I see Ralph's. There's Ralph's charges on here. I go, that's where I get gas because it's cheaper. <laughs> Even though it was a company card, I was just being on super frugal mode. Right. I, I actually gamified it. Mm. I gamified it on how much I cannot spend that day. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I would literally fill up my water bottles in the restroom. Right. I was just playing you know, games with myself. And me being a car guy, ever mm. since I was a little kid, right. I was playing with toy cars. Like, I would literally felt like somebody cut my balls off. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was, like, not living to what I wanted to live. And, and then, finally, I was like, you know what? That's not, that's not me. Yeah. That's not me. Because society says, you have to do this now. I've learned enough. My kids have college accounts set up. They're good for college. House paid for. Cars paid for. I don't want anything. So now, I can be able to just do some of the things that makes me happy. Yeah. You know, society says, oh, don't buy the Rari. Don't do this. Don't, that's not smart, smart, smart. It's not, maybe not smart for you. Yeah. But if something makes your heart happy, mm. and as long as you're not being a dumb investor, you're not doing dumb things with it, there's nothing wrong with it. At the end of the day, you have to be happy. Yeah, totally. And I'm curious on all of that, what value do you think there is in living super lean like you were when you were getting the camp started this time I around? I think everybody needs to do that at a period of time. Yeah. I think, you know, it's so funny. I go through seasons. I go through seasons and I'm super frugal. Yeah. And I go through seasons and I'm just like spending money like a drunken <laughs> sailor. You know what I mean? And it, 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 it's just weird. It's, just, it's, yeah. just, it's, it's like the season. And, but I truly believe that in the beginning when you're getting started, you got to run lean, man. Yeah. You got to run lean. You have to watch every penny. You, and the way you do it, you gamify it. Because if you just say, oh, I'm not going to buy anything this and this time. I play games with myself. I mm. remember one time, Ali was with me, my business partner and I, we're in San Diego, mm. and we're coming back, and the Scion didn't have any gas, and I went to a mobile gas station because I had no gas. I put in $5 worth. She's like, why don't you fill it up? I'm like, no, because I want to go, I want to go to yeah, Ralph's. I need to make it to the other gas station. I want to, yeah, I want to yeah. make it to the other <laughs> gas station. And she was looking at me like, you lost it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I did that. I remember going to the airport, I'd take, a, I'd take an empty bottle of water with me just like that. I would take it empty, I would fill it up at the airport because I didn't want to pay five, six dollars for mm. a bottle of water, even though I had it. But guess what that did though? That allowed me to buy this house. Mm. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I was going to say. It's, it seems like throughout your career, you've really perfected the skill set, because I truly do believe it's a skill set of delaying gratification. I know you're going to say that's my yeah. favorite word of all time. Mm. So can you talk into that for a second? Talk to me why it's so important to master that skill. Look, in order for you to get to your big goals, you have to learn how to avoid shiny object syndrome. You know, because along the way, life happens, things happen. But if you focus on your big goal and you're willing to give up something that you want now for something greater later, yeah. that's when magic happens. Unfortunately, 99% of people cannot do that. Only the 1% can do that. 
And those are 1% that are that build those, that, those muscles, that discipline muscles, that delay gratification muscles. And by far, I know you, you probably know about this book, you know, it's, you know, it's called Who Ate My Marshmallow? Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's called, you know, the Marshmallow Study, you know, Stanford, they, they, mm-hmm. they did that. And they found out that, you know, delaying gratification is the number one key to success later on in life. Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies, as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high-quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls. There's accountability crews and more, all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to BYNInnerCircle.com to jump in. That's BYNInnerCircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. See you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.